Hello, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Welcome to Plant Profits, everyone. My next guest is the co-founder and chief executive officer of C3 Industries. Under his leadership, the company has raised well over $100 million of capital. I've uh, been very successful in raising money. And currently employs almost 400 people. So he's got a real successful business rolling. Um, and his team have overseen the development of six award-winning cannabis production facilities, as well as 21 retail stores in Michigan, Massachusetts, uh, Missouri, and Oregon. I want you all to welcome to Plant Profits, Ankur Rungta. Ankur is the CEO and co-founder of C3 Industries. Ankur, how are you? I'm doing great, Vern. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Oh, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, I got to ask you just right off the bat. So award-winning cannabis manufacturing facilities. Tell me about the award part of it. How do you win an award? And what's, how, does that, how is that all set up? And congratulations. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Well, I think when we talk about award-winning, we talk about it in a couple concepts. So, you know, first and foremost is the product itself. Uh, and so uh, over the years, you know, we've won as a company, you know, a bunch of awards in Michigan and Oregon, which have been the the markets that we've been operating in up to this point for the most part. Okay. Um, so those have been High Times Cannabis Cup Awards, other competitions. Um, those have been for our flower products, our concentrates, our pre-rolls, uh, which are really our core kind of product offerings. Um, on the facility side, we've also, uh, you know, kind of been awarded like some energy incentives uh, in different states. So kind of in Oregon, for example, we had the largest energy incentive granted to our facility, uh, you know, through their state program that they have there. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, we, when we talk about the award winning, it's mostly on the product side uh, and then other yeah. facilities, you know, we are kind of, you know, I view us as real kind of real estate developers when we, when we put these things together. And so, For sure. you know, I'm, I'm always focused on uh, trying to trigger energy incentives if they're out there, um, tax abatements, you know, any sort of part uh, that, you know, any, any sort of tool that any real estate developer would use in any kind of a project, you know, we want to bring into these as well. And, and so we're really trying to build best in class facilities, um, you know, using kind of what we view as the best technology and systems and then we be really thoughtful about how we're designing these things and and ultimately we think the design and operations are, are really closely tied together got it hey thanks for the explanation of that i was real curious about that so uh, you, you're making great product you're creating yeah. a great experience for consumers out of your, out of your I, facilities i think so i mean you know that's really we started the business primarily because we wanted to produce great flour that's, yeah that's kind of our core business, I'd say it's the the real passion of the three co-founders. You know, we've all, uh, you know, we're all kind of very, you know, kind of uh, avid enthusiasts of, of cannabis flower. You know, I've, I've smoked cannabis flower my entire adult life. It's it's a real passion for me trying to hunt down, you know, the most interesting varieties and the best terps. And, and so really when we, when we started this business, it was about how do we produce that kind of quality of flower? How do we do it in scale? How do we do it in multiple markets? Um, so that's really been, you know, I think the driving factor for us. And and then, you know, the stuff that we do on the processing side has kind of come out of that directly. Um, you know, we only really kind of process our own internal biomass that we grow. So we're we're really kind of focused on a closed loop system where, you know, we cultivate hopefully what people think is really high quality flour. 
and then we produce you know concentrates directly out of that uh, out of that out of that product and uh, and then retail you know retail's really kind of developed for us over time um, as we entered different markets to produce flour and concentrates uh, we also saw retail opportunities in some of those markets so we said yeah. we said you know if we're already going to be there we're already going to put all the people there and the infrastructure you know why not also play the retail game so so it's all kind of i think worked in a really complementary way but but at the end of the day, you know, producing flour is really our core business, our core passion. Thank you. No, I appreciate that, Encore. Um, so uh, just to give, you know, just a, a, a sense of presence and present, um, your uh, your background and kind of how all this started to happen for you, and you gave us some insight there that it is a passion of yours. Um, but you're a Midwest guy. You grew up in the Midwest. Yeah, I uh, yeah, absolutely. I was born in Ohio. Uh, my parents came here from India in the seventies. Uh, my okay. dad's an engineer, uh, and then I I mostly grew up in Western New York outside of Buffalo. So okay, um, you know, bad week for us Bills fans, but but I'm from uh, the Buffalo area. That's kind of what I consider home originally. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, <laughs> tough game. That was that was a tough yeah, game, man. It was, it, but yeah. you got to walk away from that game knowing that um, there's a bright future. For that team. I think I think that's yeah. what we're all trying to tell ourselves this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of close. I know it's, it's Sunday to you know this day is is kind of close, and I get it. But man, I no. there's there's a lot to be uh, excited about. You know, being from Buffalo. So yeah. when you 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 decide, so your your dad's an engineer. Your your parents came over from India in the seventies, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you, what about siblings? Yeah, so I, I have one brother. Uh, yeah. He's actually a co-founder, one of the other co-founders of this business. Uh, okay, great. You know, kind of my my main partner in crime, and and really we've been doing things together for a long time. You know, we we both, uh, you know, we both ended up going to school at the University of Michigan. Yeah, in, go in Arbor, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so we, you know, we we kind of originally were exposed to cannabis really in Ann Arbor, which is okay. you know really I think a hub for you know the culture and the industry. You know, a lot of things cannabis related. I think there's a lot of uh, history in, in Ann Arbor. And so we've been, you know, we've been around certainly the products have been part of our lives, but mm -hmm. we've been around the business as well for a long time. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, so we've had kind of direct exposure to the business even before it was, in, you know, in a licensed environment. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we have a kind of a, I'd say a sort of unique background in that we were, you know, in and around the industry, even in those pre-licensing days, but we were also, you know, I, I went to the business school, I went to the law school at U of M. I ended up then, you know, going into finance and working as a as a lawyer and investment banker at some of the top firms in New York. And so, you know, I kind of have, you know, what I think is an interesting perspective between both being in the business for a long time and seeing every side of it. And then yeah. also, you know, kind of working at, you know, some really pedigreed firms in, in finance. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully what that means at the end of the day is that we bring, you know, a lot of knowledge about the industry and the products, but also, you know, the capital markets finance piece as well. Yeah. That's great. When did when did you decide that cannabis was a business for you? And how did uh, that how did that come about? I mean, like I said, I, I think originally, you know, even back in college, uh, yeah. So you know, there, there were, um, you know, my family isn't wealthy. I, I ended up supporting myself through a lot of kind of college and law school, and so. Yeah. I think even at that time I saw, you know, I saw the business possibilities and, and, you know, was like I said, sort of in the business even back then, uh, both in the production and distribution parts of it. Uh, sure. 
I think over time when I was in, in finance and, and looking back at that, you know, at that part of my life and thinking about what I want to do going forward, you know, I was always thinking in an entrepreneurial way. And so I mean, sure. when I really thought about C3 and its current iteration was probably, you know, 2012, 2013, when I was a banker in New York and, yeah. uh, my brother and I were, you know, kind of both in that world. He was in private equity. I was in banking and, you know, just sort of, uh, uh, you know, brainstorming, plotting with each other, thinking about what can we, you know, how can we go out and make some kind of a mark in the space? And, and so that's really when we started thinking about it. And, and then I'd say in 2014, 15 is when we really started making our first moves to prepare, you know, left our careers, started, you know, getting ready to, to try to do something, figuring out our strategy. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and all that happening in Ann Arbor, Michigan, all that. Thought well, process. I was, well, I was in New York for, from, you know, for a good chunk of that when I was working in finance and my, my brother was in New York and then yeah. San Francisco. So, so, uh, no, I mean, it was kind of, you know, it's, it, I think it's rooted in some of our Ann Arbor experiences, but, you know, we were in different places at that point. And, and again, I think that's, uh, you know, we, we, we've been, I think, exposed to, you know, a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of, we've had a lot of different experiences. We've met a lot of different people in our, in our different kind of career paths and, and places that we've lived. So, so, you know, we're very much Midwestern people and, and the company's mm-hmm. based in Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, we have, a, we have a pretty, I think, pretty robust network all over the country. And, and, you know, we think about this business in a national way, or at least we try to. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, you know, you went off to law school, you became an attorney and um the calling from uh the industry uh, you thought was was stronger than doing it a different way and from a career perspective you decided to make this uh the core part of what you do and i think that's uh that's very interesting and your brother and your other co-founder i'm sure had had the same experience that you said this is what we should be doing now the timing is right the timing is uh, Uncle, before we go any further, I, I got to bring up something that caught my eye, and that was your passion. And this is I'm it's a passion play of the arts, film. Yeah. Yeah, that's our other, uh, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it a pet project or what we'd call it. It's it's probably, you know, it's it's not that anymore. It's more. No, that, it's but, a little beyond yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we, we, Michelle and I are also the co-founders of a, of a media business called Nickel City Pictures. Um, and we've, you know, over the last uh, maybe eight, nine years or so, we've produced, you know, probably almost about 20 commercial films now. Uh, yeah. So you know, sort of unrelated part of what we do, um, not really tied directly to C3, but, but, you know, another space that we, you know, we, we were very interested in, found a niche in, and, and, you know, I, I think, uh, I always tell people that's a really tough business and, and, you know, uh, uh, finding real commercial success in that world is, you know, it's, it's tough. You can have all the right intentions. You can have great projects, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different pieces to finding that type of commercial success. So, you know, we're excited. We've made some great movies over the years. We've got, we actually, uh, we, we had four films that were produced in 2021 that'll be released, you know, in 20 later in 2022. So, okay. so 21 was a really big year for us and, and yeah, it's an exciting space and, you know, we hope to someday, you know, have these kind of worlds collide and, and, you know, cannabis content is something we'd love to make someday. And obviously there are other people doing it, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, those are, those are our two different worlds, media or, or film and television and, and cannabis. You you pick like the two most difficult 
<laughs> Absolutely. She's in the world to, yeah. to embark upon, man. I mean, there's nothing tougher than cannabis. Yeah. We like the pain, I guess. Oh, my God. But I'm telling you what, I am such a Wick, John Wick fan. You know, that, that yeah. I love it. Well, well you'll, you'll have to have my. Yeah, so you have to have my brother on at some point because he he'll tell you all about the, the roots of that pro, you know, that's that franchise and yeah, yeah, we were we were involved in that, you know, in those projects from the very beginning. So yeah, but I hope but, you know, guys can figure out a we'll way to bring stories. that back somehow. I know, yeah, yeah, three iterations of it, that's a lot, but that uh, may be a wraparound movie somehow. I don't. Well, know. there's there's a TV show now too, so yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, was, I think it's amazing, you know, at that time when we first saw that project really nobody could have predicted the level of success that it had the directors were were very new uh, Keanu had been out of the spotlight for a long time and had a very stylized and different you know sort of uh cinematography to it and and you know it just it just worked perfectly I mean and, and obviously it's been an incredibly successful uh you know property so yeah that's uh it's funny you, you see some of those and, and you see other stuff that you know never sees the light of day so but but yeah it's uh that that's a uh, probably our you know, the most successful stuff we've been involved with. Yeah. And you're optimistic about these four films projects that are coming out. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's all great, great content. I think great projects. I think again, commercial success and, and, uh, you know, the impact that it makes is, it's just, a, it's just a very different, yeah, it's a very quickly evolving space, you know, with between streaming and some of the new distribution, you know, formats and channels. So, uh, yeah. but no, I, yeah, I think, you know, the way we look at the business, I think, um, in the, in the industry context, if we're making good content, people see that our projects are, are getting produced, you know, which is a, a you know, a battle in and of itself. And I yes. think that creates yes. a lot of positive momentum, you know, for, for our company and, and, you know, it helps us real build our credibility, you know, with, with different people in the space. So, so no, I think, you know, for, as a company, we're really exciting and, and, you know, we, 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 we always feel like eventually we're going to have that commercial success. We just got to keep, we just got to keep plugging away. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and last question on this, what are the, uh, what have you found because you, you, you've been in the industry um, almost the same amount of time, but a little bit longer, I guess, in the film industry, but, um, or in the arts, but uh, what, what, what are the similarities? What are, what are some of the things that you think you have to bring to the table to be successful? And, and, and oh, that's a great the, question. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I think that both of the environments, um, you know, they're, they're complicated business environments. So you're, you're, you're making, you know, you're, you're constantly trying to, uh, you know, put together, you know, in the film context, you're trying to put together projects, which involves not only the creative part and the content, but a lot of deal making, meaning, you know, you have to bring all these people together into the project, whether it's the actors, the director, uh, different key people, you have to find distribution for the project. And so, point is you have to put together all these pieces to you know make a project you know viable and successful and and so it's really this kind of heavy deal making environment you know very fluid sort of situation and, and you know you're trying to uh juggle a lot of different things and considerations in order to make something happen and you know i view cannabis as a pretty similar environment in a lot of ways meaning it's, yeah. it's extremely fluid it's fast moving um we're constantly making deals you know it may not be a deal with an actor it may be a deal to you know tie up a new site and apply for a license it might be you know a deal to collaborate with some other brand you know so 
So it's just, you know, a very fluid environment and you're constantly trying to put together, you know, I think a, a pretty complicated puzzle in cannabis and, yeah. and I, view, I view film as having, you know, a lot of similarities. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I think my background, I, I've found that I, you know, I feel like I'm pretty well suited for, for really either of these environments because that's a lot of, you know, frankly, what I did when I was in finances okay. is negotiating deals, you know, structuring them, figuring out, you know, how to, you know, in that case, I was advising a client, you know, so it wasn't as a principal, but. But I think some of the same considerations and skills you know, come into play. Now, yeah, I, I would I would imagine uh, I would imagine so based on my knowledge of both industries, uh, I would imagine that uh, to be uh, to be the case. I, I want to dive into C uh, three Industries, man, and 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 really, I got a lot of questions um, yeah. that I, I want to kind of bring out here uh, with you. Um, and, and, and really, uh, why don't you just tell us what C3 Industries, what it is, then I think that, that'll help us go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, you know, it, it's, you know, kind of simplest form. It's, it's a, yeah. we're a multi-state operator or an MSO, but I think that term can mean a lot of different things, um, you know, as we see the industry evolve. And so, Really, the way I view the business is is there's two main parts of it. You know, there's our product brand, which is called Cloud Cover. Uh, that's where we produce flour, concentrates, vape carts. That's right. a full spectrum product business. So we're, you know, really focused. Like I said in the beginning, of you know, producing, of, of building best in class facilities, mm-hmm. producing, you know, highest the highest quality cannabis flour, um, deriving really high quality concentrates and vape carts out of that biomass. Um, so that's really a business that. I think is our foundational business. We do that in the four states that you've mentioned. Um, so yeah, please go. And that's cloud cover. Yeah, cloud that's cover Canada. Plus, okay. Yeah. And that, is that yeah. your platform? Yeah, that's our. So we have we have two different brands. That's our okay. product brand, and then we have a separate retail brand. But okay. correct. So C three is the the parent company, the corporate name. Um, okay. And C three really comes from cloud cover cannabis. Yes, okay. the three C's. Um, and then, uh, and then our retail brand is called High Profile, and so all of our retail stores are branded under that branding. Uh, and again, we have got, like you said, twenty-one sites across the four states. Right now, thirteen of those are open. Um, eight of them in okay. Michigan and five in Missouri. And okay. then we've got another several opening in Michigan in the next few months, and then three in the city of Boston as well that are going to be open this year. So, so that's kind of the the retail portfolio. And so there's really those two kind of separate uh parts of our business and we do really think of you know the production side and the retail side you know pretty separately um, mm-hmm. you know our, our products are not just sold in our stores they're also sold in you know a lot of uh you know other third-party retailers where we have a big wholesale presence in, in different markets we're in and then on the retail side you know we're not just selling our products you're selling a huge variety of different brands and and obviously cloud cover is part of that uh, mm-hmm. offering but but you know, we we've got like I said, we're we're looking to offer our our customers, you know, not just our brands, but a lot of third party brands as well. So so those are the two parts of the business. You know, we're in the four states today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are looking to probably you know expand into some new markets as well. Um, we mm-hmm. you know we've really put this business together organically up to this point. Uh, yeah. Meaning, you know, we we've, we've tied up sites, we applied for licenses. You know, we haven't really done much M and A. Um, and so we, we intend to continue applying like that and trying to grow organically in the next couple of years. Um, so we do have you know, our eyes on certain new states like New York, Connecticut, um, 
And then we're also looking at uh, potentially, you know, buying our way into some new markets as well. So, you know, we've looked okay. at some deals in Illinois, you know, we like Ohio as well. So, so yeah, okay. trying to continue doing, you know, what we're doing, but, but entering some new, new markets as well. No, that's great. That is great. So we're going to get back into some of the business challenges you have. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into some of the business challenges and opportunities that we both could see maybe in the business. Uh, my name's Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And I want to thank you all for being here. Plant Profits is brought to you. The show is brought to you by Produce Global. Uh, my guest today is Ankur Rangta. He is, he is the co-founder uh, and CEO of C3 Industries. We'll be right back. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and uh, Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is uh, Ankur uh, Rangta, and he's the, the uh, co-founder, and he is the CEO of C3 Industries. And so, Ankur, what are some of the moving forward business challenges and opportunities you see for your business in this space? Um, you know, I think there's, there's, I'd say short-term challenges, which, um, you know, those are things that I think are somewhat industry-wide or even, you know, nationwide right now. And that's, you know, that's things like uh, delays on projects, cost overruns, mm -hmm. uh, challenges hiring right now, just given kind of how tight the labor markets are. Um, so I, I'd say, uh, sort of typical short-term, you know, things that companies, you know, fast growing companies often have to work through. And then mm -hmm. some of the stuff that's reflecting just kind of the environment that we're in, you know, mm -hmm. brought more broadly, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but I think the more interesting question in my mind is kind of the, you know, the more medium term and, and long-term challenges in cannabis. And, okay. and the way I look at the market and, you know, my experiences have been really shaped by Oregon and Michigan and these really competitive places that we've been, you know, for the most part, historically, you know, I think that the whole industry is really competitive. And I think that while there might be, you know, certain states that have limited licenses, I think overall the industry is going to be incredibly competitive over the coming years. And, you know, we, we really, we think of ourselves as, as wanting to be long-term more than anything as a consumer products company. And, and we want to have great brands that, that people recognize and, and ascribe a lot of value to. And, and so I think that, the thing that I'm always trying to think about is how do we avoid being looked at as a commodity business? And when I say commodity business, I mean, how do we not just be viewed as a collection of retail doors and, you know, X number of square feet of production, you know, space and all of that, and instead be looked at, you know, really as a, as a, as a brand, right. And that, and, and that's about, you know, I think, creating a, a, a long-term story and, and loyalty among, you know, your key consumers and, starting to differentiate ourselves based on not just quality, but, you know, kind of, uh, uh, awareness and hype and excitement. And, and I think that what I, what I see happening in the space as it does get more competitive is that some companies will really just be viewed, like I said, as a commodity player, meaning, you know, how much, how many pounds of flour do you produce or how many number of retail stores do you have or whatever? And, and there will be measured on those metrics and other others will be looked at, you know, like, you know, alcohol companies or like fashion companies or, or really like more brand and consumer products companies and, and, and not just a reflection of, you know, their production capacity or their number of stores. And so, so I'm really trying to always figure out, yeah, how do we, 
you know, how do we, how do we kind of build that brand presence over time and, and, and move away from just being a, you know, a producer of these products? Yeah. I think you just brought up, uh, I think it's gotta be in the top two or three biggest challenges for cannabis play is branding. Um, it's, 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 it's lacking, right? It's lacking. Um, and you know, and I'm trying to get my head around really, how's this going to happen? Because that's where value is created in brands. And that's where entrepreneurs like you, you get in business, but you get in business, create value, um, uh, for, for connected folks in your business. So, and, and, you know, it's been very difficult for that to happen. Now it could be, and, and tell me, could it be just because it's, it's, it's so new, all right. This is this is an infant legal industry, right? It's an infant legal ish industry. I mean, the industry itself is over two thousand years old. But uh, you know, so uh, yeah, what, I think what's I w- making it so difficult to create those sure. brands and separation? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. I, I think yeah. you know, like you said, it's not it's not so new. I think as it is just in transition, meaning it's transitioning sure. from you know, what it's been historically to this new sort of licensed world that we seem to be moving yeah. into in, in most states. And so, so I think that there was a transition happening. I think there's a lot of noise, meaning, you know, it's, you know, because it's this newly licensed space and, you know, post prohibition, you just have hundreds or thousands of new companies and brands coming into the space. And so, yeah. you know, I just think it's a fluid and noisy environment in this transition period. And so mm-hmm. I do think that as it matures, you know, some companies will be successful, some won't. And so some of that noise will start to maybe dissipate. And I think, you know, I think from the consumer standpoint, I think a lot of consumers that I talk to, it's just hard for them to even pick through the noise to say, you know, what do these brands stand for? What are these products all about? And and how do they get the education, the information? You know, we don't have, you know, we talked about awards in the beginning of the show. You know, we love winning, you know, the People's Choice Award in, in the Cannabis Cup because, that's like your best third party validation right now, right? That's hundreds of people trying your product and voting, right? So mm-hmm. it's, you know, there, there's no wine spectator. There's no, you know, we don't have that, that right. work yet to, to help people figure out, you know, where the quality really is. And then, and then I will say that I think that, you know, what I always struggle with is there's a lot of short term strategies that are being initially, you know, implemented in cannabis for branding, meaning, you know, ways to create quick hype and generate quick sales. But, mm-hmm you know, not necessarily, you know, things that I view as more long-term strategies. Um, And so, uh, you know, we've been sort of less hype driven and more trying to focus on the product quality, you know, the look and feel, and then some of our story that that's behind our brand, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but we sometimes feel like maybe we're missing out. Maybe we need to play the hype game a little bit more. Uh, So, so I think it's just, you know, I'm not surprised that it's so messy right now still. Um, I think it's going to be, I think the next few years will be a really crucial time when some brands will start to get momentum. And, and I think what's, you know, a, a key question in all this is, you know, right now I think the brands that have any real meaning are mostly out of California and, mm-hmm. and will any companies like us, you know, that are in other parts of the country that are, you know, labeled as MSOs or whatever you want to call us, are any of us going to be able to create meaningful brands that doesn't matter in the industry? Cause I think right now, you'd be hard pressed to point to really any MSO brand that has, you know, real meaning in the industry. And so no, I think that that's so, the whole point of this discussion. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's a struggle. 
Uh, and I think that, but I, so I, I also tie it to that. The industry is also getting more talented from a people perspective. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Every day. And that, that's going to be critical, uh, to developing, uh, that consumer interaction with the product and products and the various types of products. And that's how you create brands. Um, but then there's so many, yeah. you know, uh, legal restrictions on promoting. Yeah, your product. That doesn't help. So, right. That doesn't Absolutely. help. So, so yep. the playbook needs to be written. Um, and, um, uh, because yeah, but to your, to your point, Vern, though, I, yeah. I think the people are coming in that are going to figure that out because there's yeah. a lot of talent going into the industry for sure. And Absolutely. it's such a, it's such an exciting space. And I think. You know, that's what makes it competitive, but I think that's what makes it really vibrant and, and dynamic. So uh, I think you're right. I think we're going to see these people come in and, and write that playbook, and then we're going to start to really see these brands, you know, kind of take shape before our eyes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So what what about the challenge of people? You know, every industry is having challenges. What's happening in the world of work at C3 Industries? Yeah. Now, listen, it's, it is... I think it's always it's already a, fa- a challenge when you have a fast growing business to figure yeah. out you know who to who to bring in, uh, how to manage all that growth, how to have teams that are cohesive and right. uh, and 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 you know sort of efficient and all that and and you know and and also dynamic and getting you know interesting things done. Uh, I think COVID is just makes that you know even more difficult, right? Because you have mm-hmm. you know for us you know since March of 2020, you know. Uh, 22 months ago, I think we had, I want to say we had about a hundred employees or 125 employees then, and now we have over 400. And so, you know, hiring all those people in, in that COVID period, um, you know, it was hard to execute, but also it's hard to build culture and, and connectivity when, when you're in this type of environment. So, so I think it, it is absolutely a, a core challenge for our businesses. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, for a lot of us, we're doing so many different things between cultivation, processing, and retail that mm-hmm. you really need so many different people with different skill sets to, to execute it well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, our, our kind of organizational planning is, is a daily activity, you know, that's going on and, and we're really trying to think about that all the time. Uh, and, and also resource allocation, right? I mean, right. Um, you know, we all want to have, you know, for example, marketing is an area that we're really focused on trying to beef up our capabilities and our activity this year. Uh, right. You know, in past years, we didn't feel like we were ready to make that spend, you know, or right. ramp it up to that point. So, so when do you do it? How do you do it? You know, what kind of resources do you allocate to it? And then, and then most importantly, all these great people that you're hiring, how do you make them effective and, and feel like they're part of a team and, and a culture? Uh, and so, you know, I think, you know, everybody in the industry that's got any scale is growing so fast that it's a it's a really interesting challenge that our our whole industry and business faces. And I think some of the guys that are doing a ton of M and A and buying a lot of stuff, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have major you know kind of uh, a major focus for them is gonna have to be the integration of all these people and these facilities, these oh. teams. And so it's it's hard enough to do in any environment, but I think COVID and cannabis and and all the you know reasons we've talked about. Having having fully separate marketplaces in every state, yeah, you know, that requires its own infrastructure in every oh, state. Right? Every state's so a country, yeah. right? Every yeah. state's a so country. You need to have yeah. compliance folks. You need to have yeah. you know counsel. So it's yeah, it's 
I mean, it, it can be a challenging environment. There's no question. Oh, about no it. doubt. And, 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 you know, we got to talk about, you know, how do you create a, a winning culture when people are working with no walls? I mean, people are working everywhere. Uh, yeah. And how do you keep that kinetic connectivity uh, that's going to help you drive your business and create those brands and create those new ways of working and how does that all happen? And I, th I think that's a discussion that I know here on Plant Profits we're going to continue to have uh, because it's it's challenge. But Unger is real. I mean, these things are happening, and this and I don't see them slowing down. I think uh, yeah. I think COVID has ta has taught us some things, and and industry's got to accept and adapt and adopt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and I think for all of us, we got to decide also how are we coming out of COVID? You know, are yeah. we trying to go back to the old paradigm? Is there is there some new paradigm that we're in? You know, from my standpoint, you know, we we actually just are moving into a large a larger corporate office space in Ann Arbor. Yeah, uh, and and part of the reason for that is we've got forty or fifty people on our corporate team, and I I want to have a space that people work out of, even if they're not there every day. You know, yeah. I feel like we need to have a nerve center. We need to have, you know, face to face interaction. You know, there's a there's a an idea generation and a and a vibrancy I think that comes out of that. And so, you know, it's just like you said, so do we got we gotta figure out the new the new balance and, and figure out how to operate in this world that we're in. But but I do think that it's gonna be some kind of a hybrid of whatever we were doing before COVID and what yeah. we were doing during COVID. No. So, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Man, uh Unger, I I really Really, thank you for for uh, being our guest today. And uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. Thanks for having uh, me. No, my pleasure, man. And I look forward to having you back. And uh, because I know what's happening at your place, uh, at C three Industries, uh, you you have a lot to do yet, and so it's going to continue to be really, really exciting. And you only just begun. So I, I think um, I'm excited for you and your team and organization, your partners, all of that. So thank you, right. um, Aka, for being here. Uh, my guest today, the CEO and co-founder of C3 Industries, Anka Rangta, thank you uh, very much uh, for being here. And I want to uh, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. Uh, you can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com, uh, the great partner of ours. Or subscribe to the show on Apple, you know, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast, uh, you can find Plant Profits and, and look for this uh, particular episode and download this episode. And you can follow Produce Global, my company, uh, through our social networks and our social media platform. We're on everything, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can really learn how we're helping companies like uh, C3 Industries uh, help build those companies and how we bring people there and change their lives and change the lives of those companies. Um, that's at protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. And to next time, cheers. <laughs> <laughs>